0: Hey, I, uh, I want to I start by just encouraging you. If your family doesn't eat together at least, let's say, five times a week, I just want to encourage you. Would you please do that? Would you please make that a priority? I, I found in our family that some of our kind of biggest conversations or meaningful moments happen at the dinner table. And uh, one recently happened with, with Parker. I, I, I don't remember all of what was said exactly, but my wife was talking about sin. And she was saying that, man, this, there's a lot of sin in this world. There's a lot of sin in me. And that's why I'm so grateful for God's grace. <laughs> and out of nowhere, my son goes, oh, yeah, mom, you sin a lot. <laughs> You worry all the time. Kimberly was super gracious at that moment. She took that comment and she pointed it back to the one Savior. She said something like this, Parker, you're right. Mommy does sin a lot. And that's why I'm so thankful for Jesus. And I'm so thankful that Jesus has been really good, really good to mommy. In that moment, a couple things happened. And actually, these things that happened, we're going to see in the text today that we look at. But those two things that happened, number one is Kimberly embraced God's promise of salvation to her. My wife, she knows she doesn't measure up. And that's why she's in love with Jesus so much, because in spite of her failures, God still says, you're my kid, because of Jesus' great work on the cross. And so that's exciting. She embraces God's promises. The other thing that happened is my wife's faith is impacting my son. It it happened that night. But it also happens all the time. (laughs) I'll come home, and I'll have the funniest conversations with my son, and I just realize how much my wife's faith is impacting him on a daily basis, and um, it's a a lucky, lucky thing. Both of these ideas, again, are going to be in the scriptures this morning that we're going to look at, so if you do have your Bibles, let's open to Hebrews 11. We're going to be jumping back between Hebrews and Genesis, so if you can just be Kind of thinking about that in your head, we will do that together this morning. But Hebrews eleven, this is a series we've been in all summer called by faith, and we are continuing this morning in it. And eventually, we're going to get to our boy Isaac and talk about him today. So, starting in verse seventeen of Hebrews eleven, it says this: By faith. Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. And even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned, Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so, in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. See, these verses are referencing the story in Genesis, and I I do want to look at that so that we can see and feel some of the details that are happening. And so Genesis 22, if you want to turn there real quick, I'll wait for you. Genesis 22, we're going to look at uh, verses 1 through 13. And I think it's just important so we can feel that context of of what's happening in Hebrews 11. Here we go, verse 22. Verse 22. Or excuse me, 22, verse 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said to Abraham, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey, Primo, transportation. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. And on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw that place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood from the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went together, Isaac spoke up and said, "Uh, Dad? Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. "The The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid, on him, laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Abraham said, here I am. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is. On the mountain of the Lord it will be. Provided. I think before we go any further, there is something I want to I clear up and over-communicate on. I don't, I don't necessarily think I have to do this, but just to over-communicate. By no means is God into sacrificing children. Let's just be clear there, okay? I know, I know we can pull that out of this story maybe. But, but when we read this story, um, that's not what's happening, okay? This story is not prescriptive. This story here is about faith. It's descriptive. And so we need to be clear there, okay? God is not into sacrificing children, all right? It's throwing that out there, okay? Although this story is descriptive, Abraham, to say the least, is in a very, very interesting spot, though, as a father. But the Hebrews text reminds us, by faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He, though embraced the promises, and was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead, and so in a matter of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. I don't want us to just skim over Hebrews 11. Okay, we read the story in Genesis. I don't want to skim over these verses because I think there's some really important things that I don't want us to miss. And the first one is this. Adad, Abraham, embraces the promises of God. Remember, we've been learning that faith, first, is relational. It's tied to a person. It's not a concept. Faith Faith is the exchange of when someone thinks something about someone and then acts accordingly because of it. So it's less about having faith and more about who or what our faith is in. It's subtle in the story, but in verse 5 of Genesis 22, before Abraham and Isaac walk up to the mountain, I read it for you. I tried to be very, very clear. He turns, Abraham turns to his servants. And what does he say to him? We, we will go up and worship, and then we, we will come back. That right there is faith. That is faith. Abraham is so full of faith. He trusts God. And as a result, Abraham's faith becomes visual. So it's, again, it's tied to a person, but then it also becomes visual. Faith doesn't stay inside of us. Rather, faith shows up in the way we live. Friends, our actions matter. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie, What About Bob? It's one of my favorites. But Bob is terrified of everything, okay, everything. And I love the scene where he actually straps himself to a sailboat. And as the boat goes by the screen, you hear Bob go, I'm sailing, I'm sailing, I'm a sailor, I sail. As he's tied to the pole. That pole was Bob's security, his safe place, and his hope. That's the same picture that I get when I think about Abraham. By faith, Abraham when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. I love what Raymond Brown says in his commentary, The Message of Hebrews. He says this, Abraham refused to put limits to either his obedience or God's power. He maintained his faith in the creative power of God And his word. The saving event was an eloquent parable. Isaac was received back from the verge of death, a sign of God's unfailing provision in the moment of man's desperate need. Abraham had faith, he embraced God's promises, he held tightly to them. But if you remember in the story in Genesis, Abraham's not the only one up on the mountain who's with him? Isaac. We see that Isaac is somewhat of an innocent bystander in this faith story. It seems fair to say that this moment really has a lot of impact on Isaac. I think God uses this to shape him. I I don't think that's a really a, a far stretch. I know that if I'm if I'm Isaac, I am remembering the day that my dad almost sacrificed me. Second thing, I'm remembering when an angel of God said, stop. Third thing, I'm remembering when the ram shows up to my left to take my place. That's a day I'm remembering. That's, that's going to shape me. That is going to shape me. So I don't think it's a stretch at all to suggest that Abraham's faith impacts Isaac. And I also don't think it's a stretch For us to say today that a person's faith impacts others. Unfortunately, this impact can go in two different ways it can go negatively or it can go positively. See, this moment was such an impactful moment for Isaac up on the mountain with his dad that his faith never wavered from that day. Isaac was full of faith. Always faithful. Never did he have a hint of doubt when it came to God and what God said. I mean, he's mentioned in Hebrews 11, the hall of faith. The guy always had faith, right? Wrong. Wrong. There was, mo- there was moments where Isaac was faithless. Sure, Isaac's in the hall of faith. Sure, his dad's faith helped shape him. But Isaac is still a bit of a mess. In Genesis, just a few chapters after this amazing story of Abraham and Isaac up on the mountain, we see Isaac be faithless. Again, Genesis 26. I'll give you a couple minutes to get there with me. Genesis 26, I want to read a story where we see Isaac be faithless. Genesis 26, starting in verse 1. Now there was a famine in the land, besides the previous famine in Abraham's time. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. "'Stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. "'For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands, "'and I will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. "'I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, "'and I will give them all these lands, "'and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed.'" Because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him, keeping my commands, my decrees, and my instructions. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. Let's see what happens. When the men of that place asked about his wife, he said, she is my sister. Because he was afraid to say, she is my wife. He thought the men of this place might kill him on the account of Rebekah because she was so beautiful. When Isaac had been there a long time, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked down from a window and saw Isaac flirting with his wife, Rebekah. So Abimelech summoned Isaac and said, She's really your wife. Why did you say she is my sister? Isaac answered him because I thought I might lose my life on account of her. Then Abimelech said, what is this you have done to us? One of the men might have taken advantage of her and you would have brought guilt upon us. Remember, friends, a person's faith impacts others. Here we see it negatively happen, though. Think about it. This is not a good day for Isaac. Isaac. He's more concerned about himself than he is his wife, his hosts, or even God himself. Isaac lacks faith, and it has negative impact, number one, his wife. Okay, how? Well, he puts her in a vulnerable spot, an unsafe spot. I mean, I can already see the conversation. You said what to them, Isaac? Like, you know, that finger and then the neck thing that you ladies do so well. I can see that happening, right? That that husband and wife conversation. You did what? Isaac put his wife in a tough spot. His lack of faith had impact. We also see this decision to lie could have brought unnecessary guilt on Abimelech's people. Lastly, Isaac disregards God's promise of blessing him And his family. Do you not remember that right before when he said, stay in Gerar, I'm going to bless you? I'm going to bless you. And he disregards that. Truly, this was not a good day for Isaac. But despite his imperfection, God blesses Isaac. God remains faithful. Check it out. Verse 11. Let's look. Verse 11 of Genesis 26. So Abimelech gave orders to all the people anyone who harms this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Isaac planted crops in that land and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. Skip down to verse 16. So Abimelech said to Isaac, move away from us. You have become too powerful for us. Again, God blesses Isaac, not because of his perfection, but in spite of his imperfection. This is good news for bad people from a good, good God. Let this good news motivate you to grow in your confidence of God. Grow in trusting God with all that you are in Him and all that He's given you. As you grow in faith, watch it impact others positively. Because I think Isaac did. Go back to Hebrews 11. The next verse says this Verse 20. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regards to their future. After this bad day in Gerar, Isaac, he he didn't let that, It was like, oh, that's my identity now. I'm faithless. No, he grows in faith and by faith, Isaac blesses his kids. It was only by faith that a sojourner, a man who did not own any land, could talk about the peoples who would serve his descendants and the nations who would ultimately honor them. With these blessings, Isaac reminds his kids of God's promises. And he impacts them positively. See, remember, your faith impacts others how many parents we got in the room with this text in mind i think it's only natural to consider what faith moments are you blessing your children with now if you don't have kids wait a second we'll get to you but parents Are you blessing your kids with these faith moments? For me, a big faith moment growing up uh, was when I was 11. Uh, My family, we went to YWAM in Kona, Hawaii. It was really hard. We were there for three months. The Holy Spirit was with me while I snorkeled. We were there for a Discipleship training school is what it's called. We actually did a family DTS. So my parents, myself, and my two siblings were in Hawaii. And while my parents did this discipleship training school, um, I went to school there. And, and the whole hope um, was that eventually they would be trained and then we would go on a two-month mission trip to Ukraine. My family didn't have the money to go to Ukraine. It was $11,000 to go we spent all our money to get to Hawaii. So we, we, didn't, we didn't have the money. But my mom, my mom was compelled and felt like God was saying, no, you're going to go to Ukraine. What about the $11,000 it takes to go? My mom said, I don't care. And my dad, the logical one's like, are you sure, Sandy? <laughs> right? She said, yes, I I know that God is leading us that way. And so by faith, my mom started to do all the shots for the whole family. We we started stepping out. We did all the shots. We paid for all the passports. All the things you need to do to get ready for a trip like that, we started doing. The last day, we were 4800 bucks short of going on the trip. The last day. So hours before they needed to see that last paycheck, and my mom still believed. Time ain't up yet. Time ain't up yet. Forty eight hundred bucks came in just hours before we were supposed to. Amen. That, that's a big moment for me. I was like, whoa, mom. Dad, you're kind of faithless, bro. Are we modeling this kind of faith in God to our kids, friends? Where we're going, man, by faith, God, you can do anything. And we are going to step out and just watch you. Is that the kind of faith we're modeling? Your children are watching you. Yes, each of your children, yes, they have to choose Jesus. We can't do that for them. But man, what an opportunity we have as parents to point our kids to God with our faith, with our actions. Before coming to 26 West, I was a a youth pastor. And one of the things that was weird for me as a youth pastor is I would share with students, hey, this is God's best for your life. This is what the scriptures say about about Jesus and what he says is best and how you should align your life with him. Oftentimes after those discussions, youth would leave confused. You know why? Because what I was telling them wasn't at home. And so they come back and they're like, I'm confused, Kenny. Because I'm seeing this in the scriptures. You're teaching us about this. But man, at home, I'm not seeing it from mom and pops. I'm confused. Is this real? Is this real? Parents, your faith impact your kids. And here's the thing, though. Faith doesn't just impact our families. The circle is larger. Your faith Positively or negatively has impact on your workplace, has impact on your neighborhood, it has impact on your barista, it has impact in extended family. It has so much impact. So this morning, what is your faith having on others around you? Is it is it is it negative impact? Is it positive impact? And my encouragement to you today though is however you answer that question, maybe you're sitting here and you're like, Man, it ain't so good. Or man, you're sitting here like, oh, I'm killing it. Yeah. Know that God is faithful. That on either side of the spectrum, know that God is faithful. Maybe your faith has lacked lately and you're having a negative impact. God is still faithful. Today, his mercies are new. They're new. You can grow in faith today. You can embrace God's promises and watch God use your faith to impact those around you for your good, for their good, and for God's glory. I don't know what that is for you. I don't know what your faith moment is. I I know, I know we have this baptismal over here today. If you've never followed Jesus in baptism, maybe that's what God's saying to you. By faith, step out. By faith, tell the community, the 26 West Church family, that you've trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and that you will follow him all the days of your life. Maybe that's your faith moment. Maybe your faith moment is someone at work doesn't know Jesus, and you're too scared to Love them well. By faith, step out. Love them. Serve them. Share the gospel with them. By faith, today. Today, Today's your day. I mean, you can grow in faith. These two themes of uh, embracing God's promises and faith having faith that impacts others have really been in my view a lot lately. Hopefully, uh, most of you know, uh, if not all of you know, I'm going to get choked up. Uh, Kimberly and I, a couple weeks ago, uh, you heard from Jose that Kimberly and I have made a decision to move back to Spokane, Washington where uh, our families are, and uh, you know, this, these themes have been just like really right in view. Because uh, there's a guy that I've gotten to know in Spokane, he's a pastor at a church there called True Hope Church, and uh, that's where I took an opportunity to be a pastor at. It's a really hard decision because I love this church. I love you very much. I love 26 West so much. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. I mean, it's been such a privilege to to be one of your pastors. It's been such a privilege to serve alongside guys like Jose, Steve Marshman, Jim Williams, the elders of this church, friends, they're the real deal. They're the real deal. I, I sat down with Carmen and Jose, and I said, hey, I'm thinking about leaving. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't say get out of here. <laughs> he didn't say leave. He was like, him and Carmen said, man, that sounds like a difficult decision. We'll pray for you. We'll pray for you. And, and the elders, I, I, I let them know, And they prayed for me too. And I even remember an email that that Steve Marshman sent back. And he said, hey, Kenny, bro, we love you. And whatever you're going to do, I know that you're going to follow the Holy Spirit and where he's leading. These guys got my back. And I'm grateful for that. But, man, I got to tell you that I love you so much. And there's been a lot of life here that we've shared together. Uh, Two weeks ago, I, I sat... Uh, behind a couple who helped fund our adoption with Ellery. That's like powerful, significant moment for me. And also, you've shared life with me. There's things that hurts and challenges that you're walking through that you invited me in on. And I feel honored, I feel honored to be a part of it. It's been an absolute pleasure to be a part of what God's doing here at 26 West Church. And uh, it's just a joy. It's a joy for me. But in that, it's, you know, we are going to family. We are. We are. And I don't even think we realize how much of a blessing that's going to be. But at the same time, there's multiple unknowns that we, we, we have no idea what God's doing. And that's scary. And so when we're talking about embracing God's promises, I, I've had conversations with God. I mean, the other, I think it was like the other night, Kimberly and I were talking in bed, and she's like, are you sure we made the right decision? (laughs) It weighs on us. You know why? Because God has taken very good care of us in this season. And you've been a part of that. You've been a part of that. So thank you. Thank you. But man, I'm telling you that, Am I embracing God's promise of he's going to continue to take care of us? He's with us. The scriptures are very clear that God loves, loves us, his kids, and is for us. And he will never leave us. Do I believe that? These past weeks, I've had to ask that question. But by faith, we're moving because I have a deep confidence and a deep peace that this is where God's leading. Now, my faith impacting others, I'm excited about like that's one end about of Spokane that I'm really excited about. Because behind the scenes, I see God doing some things and I can't even I can't even imagine for one, I'll just I'll just say I'll say one. I have family that doesn't know and love Jesus. And it's going to be amazing if I get to participate in seeing them come to know Christ and to love them. To love Him more than anything else. That's going to be amazing. And I'm so expectant of what God will do. But man, I'm, I'm, I'm checking my faith. I'm checking my faith. Am I embracing God's promises? Because, friends, our faith is having impact on others. (laughs) So by faith, you fill in the blank. What is that for you? I'm going to invite the worship squad up here with me. And however you kind of fill that in, I just ask that you would take it on with courage and embrace God's promises. Let's do it together. Let's do it together. Let's embrace God's promises together. And then let's watch our faith have impact. I'm so excited to hear how God is going to use you. I'm so excited to see how you're gonna step out in faith with the things that he's given you and impact people. It's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be amazing. And I look forward to that in my own world. But man, i think one thing we should do this morning and i'm just gonna have you stand with me is embrace those promises that god gives and let's thank him through song let's sing our lungs out and praise god for all of those promises that we get to embrace as his kids if you trusted in jesus as your lord and savior then you get those promises Those are for you. You can take them to the bank every day. And so as a a church, as a family of God, let's worship him. Let's worship him. And again, when we dismiss for communion, if you are led to come over and follow Jesus in baptism, a couple of our elders will be over there. And I would just encourage you to be baptized today. By faith, step out. Step out. So during, when we dismiss you for communion, if that's you, just head on over there. Water's warm. We got towels. You don't need a bathing suit. By faith, what is God asking you to do? Let's celebrate his promises together. I love you, church.